0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. Uh, this is a preview of the Charlie Hall chase and other bits and bobs at Weatherby and also looking over to Down Royal as well in Ireland. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by 888 Sport. i am delighted to be joined now by Andy Holding and John O'Connell and later on in the podcast as well, you'll hear again from Barry Garrity, AT Sport Ambassador Barry Garrity, who looks back at some uh happy and not so happy memories uh, from Weatherby and also looking ahead to this weekend's racing and look back as well at what he made of the weekend's racing at Cheltenham 2. Uh Andy and John, great to have you both here with us today. Andy, any any performances stand out for you from the weekend?
1: Um no, I thought it was a it was an okay card. Um I haven't got anything that I think All Mankind really was, was the highlight of the whole weekend, so time figure-wise and just performance-wise. I, I thought that whole horse just literally gave his all um, in, in victory in, in that old Ryan Chase. Um, he was just pinpoint accurate at every fence. Uh, I think Harry got a great buzz out of that victory as well. You look at him when he went past the line. He was so animated in the saddle because I think he recognised that, that horse just li- literally we had to be carried out on his shield. He could not have gone any quicker, um, and it was just epitomises everything we all love about jump racing. So yeah, all mankind's race on, on Sunday was just one uh, for the uh, you know for the archives.
0: And Johnny, yeah, October is a great time. That that National Hunt uh, notebook is pretty empty, mm-hmm. but presumably a couple of horses going in at the moment. Anything for you?
2: Yeah, uh, for me from Cheltenham last week, it was pretty much a human one as well. Sam Thomas the um, mm. winner of the two-mile handicap chase who won it really well. Cracking display of jumping from the front. A bit like a mini version of All Mankind, if you like. And he's he's been such... His career has been on for about five or six years as a trainer, but last couple of years he's really taken off. And he doesn't waste many bullets at all. Um, mm. uh, he, he's done extremely well and he's got a horse on uh, Saturday at Ascot I could quite fancy as well. So, uh, But Sam Thomas, I think... He's gonna have a big, big season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There was some good stuff put up by uh, yourself, Andy and Rory, on the weekend as well. Town Lad was eleven to two when we spoke about him. Yes, you gave him a big talk up. He went off just about two to one and one win well as didn't well. He? So. Yeah,
1: yeah, that that was a nice one. That um, hopefully one or two of the the viewers got the the early prices um, and he justified it. He, he did make hard work of it. Uh, I must admit, he was off the board at the top of the hill, but he does stay very well, as we talked about. Mm. And I think um, connections are probably. Leave him off now until something like the the Albert Bartlett later on in the season. Of course, they had the the uh, the third home streets of Doyen last year, similar type.
0: Yeah, well, let's get into the racing now. Before we do so, just going to point the listeners and the viewers in the direction of the Odds Checker app. That's where you'll get the best prices, which we'll be talking about today. Best bookie offers, free bets. You can see all the extra place terms as well. And, and these tips straight to the app at about 9 a.m. every morning during racing. Well, during the year, I should say. We'll start now with uh, the Weatherby card on Saturday. We're going to do the three races. Uh, We're going to start off with the uh, Mayor's Hurdle, but then going to go into the West Yorkshire Hurdle and finish off with the Charlie Hall Chase. You'll then hear uh, or see my interview with Barry, which we recorded yesterday, so before final decks. We're speaking now at about 11.30 on Thursday, so the market's just reforming as we speak. And then we'll go back over the Irish Sea to Down Royal and talk about a couple of races there, namely the return of both Manila Indu and um, Envoy Allen, even if there's some controversy at the moment around who will be riding those two horses, which we'll cover uh, in a second too. But we'll start with the 155 at Weatherby. It is the Mayor's Hurdle, and uh, Marie's Rock and sorry, Miranda is the 11 to 4 favourite ahead uh, of Molly Ollie's Wishes at three to one. Marie's Rock nine to two. Uh, her indoors 13 to two. Zambella 15 to two. Five and twenty. Eleven to one. Getaway Queen. 10 to 1, uh, just the seven runners as it stands after final decks. And in a trappy affair. Already some firms disagreeing with prices. Marie's Rock as short as 11 to 4 in a place, but 9 to 2 best price.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the official ratings can't split Miranda and, and Molly Ollie's wishes. And, and both of the two horses in question had got similar form in the same kind of races last season uh, against their own sex. Uh, I think they both uh, took part in sort of listed stroke grade three I think I think Miranda running in a grade two or won a grade two off memory um the Paul Nichols team are in flying good form not to say Dan Skelton's aren't as, as well they, they very much come to the party haven't they uh, based on uh last week's action and um it's it's a race that uh, Dan Skelton has won before in the past as well with um Stephanie Francis uh, a few years ago um conversely uh because I don't think, he's actually won this race yet, so he would be looking to put that right. But there is a, a horse in this race, a four-year-old, and, and four-year-olds have got quite a good record in this race that I quite like. Um, I think Alan King has very much had this race on on, on his mind for uh, some time with her indoors, who uh, signed off last season with the victory, if we remember, at Cheltenham in pretty decisive fashion. It was only a handicap, but it was a um, a good one at that. Uh, and she clocked quite a good time figure in, in victory that day. Um, She's also a listed hurdle winner as well, courtesy of a victory at Doncaster. And she's very much a horse that um, is is, is sort of like this kind of, she's ready to go this kind of season kind of horse. Um, And they had a spin with her the other day at Nottingham in a very uh, well-run and well-contested handicap. And she finished third behind a horse called Secret Shadow of uh, Andrew Baldings, who went on to win very uh, easily in listed company next time out at Newbury. And I like the way she finished off her eyes. I don't think Martin Harlow was overly hard on her. It, it, it had all the hallmarks of of that um, performance of a, of a horse that would come on for the run. That was the first run for 174 days. And that should put her cherry right for this contest, I'd imagine. I think this trip ran here, two miles, uh, good to soft ground, I would have thought, Comes come the weekend with a little bit of rain forecast. She'll be absolutely bang on for her. She's had the run as well. I like the fact that she's had a run under her belt recently, only 24 days ago. Uh, so she'll she she she'll do for me. She's shown there isn't, um, the uh, the dead eight runners. so we could have a nice each each mm. way chunky each way bet but you could also back her like I would probably in a race like this I'd probably back her to win at six to one which is currently her price and then I'd look on Saturday perhaps in the three place market uh where you could get perhaps something in and around the even money mark to cover your your um, your um your stake money back if she finishes in the first three, which I expect her to do at the very least.
0: Thirteen to two, Andy, this yourself short, thirteen to two best price her in and as it stands early on um on just late thursday afternoon john how do you make this
2: yeah i'm not really a huge fan of mayor's races um the problem as well with this one i don't want to get the excuses in too early but there's (laughs) there's a couple of different weather forecasts for tomorrow there's a a lot of rain up north it's weather actually how much weather be get they're going to get some um i've seen different reports on what they're going to get one website says they're going to get three quarters of an inch or so about 18 mils another one says they're going to get nothing like that so I'm working on the theory that it's probably going to be around good to soft, but it it could, just could be a little bit worse. Um, The big two in the market, I prefer Miranda. Um, I think Miranda's form in the Imperial Cup last season was pretty decent. Molly's, Ollie's, wishes, we normally see that over a, a longer trip, but yeah, I've come down on the side of her indoors as well. I like the fact there's as Andy said, had the recent run on the flat at Nottingham, which would just be the blow away the cobwebs, and this would have been the target. It's probably been the target for a couple of these to be quite honest, but I think there's a bit of value in her about the price. Um, ground should be fine, provided it doesn't get really, really bad. The ground should be fine for her indoors, and I just about at the prices prefer her over Miranda.
0: So her indoors, they're getting a double thumbs up from the two experts uh, here. Her uh, indoors thirteen to two best price as it stands. Um, we will move on then to the uh, the hurdle race, the West Yorkshire Hurdle. We've got Paisley Park at nine to four, Thomas Derby <laughs> seven to two, uh, Master Tommy Tucker is eleven to two, Indefatigable thirteen to two, Run for Oscar nine to one, uh, Prashima twelve to one, Ask Dylan eighteen to one. Slate House, 25-1. to 1. John, you agreed with Andy the first time, so we're going to come to you first this time up and see if he can agree with you.
2: Yeah, well, certainly Peyton Park has lost that air of invincibility he had um, mm. up until he won, was a Cleve Hill hurdle at the start of 2020. He just looked bomb-proof in these races, but then he got beaten in this day hurdle of May March rather of last year. I think he's lost four of his last five. He's now a nine-year-old not too sure if he's ever going to get that full mojo back, so I'm going to give that one a body swerve. Um, of the others, Martha, Tommy Tucker, we haven't seen that one over fence, over hurdles run for quite a long time. We don't often see it over three miles either. Um, Thomas Darby is the one I've actually settled on in the end. Hasn't had a huge amount of run to this trip, but I thought ran very well in the Aintree hurdle last year, and by that time it looked as if the connections had probably just about worked out that he was a three miler, and that's... He was ridden quite positively on that occasion, um, which wasn't the case before that at Cheltenham. So, I think now that the connections are happy that he's a three-miler, I think this is an opportunity for him. The yard it a bit former over the last week or so. They're going pretty well. I think three of the last four runners have won. Uh, so, I think Thomas Darby, now that they know he's a three-miler, they've given up on the two-mile ghosts. That suits me. I would mention run for Oscar, the Irish challenger. If they don't get much rain and it gets no worse than just the soft side of good i think he's a massive runner in this race mm. uh, i think he's a he's a lot better than his handicap mark would imply he's fully fit um if the conditions aren't too bad but i don't think he wanted too soft uh so he, he'll come into play if the weather forecast have got it wrong but otherwise i'm happy enough to go with uh, thomas darby for the ollie murphy team that down near the bottom
0: surely if charles barnes has a uh, well handicapped horse he's not throwing him into a mm. uh, hurdle here is he <laughs> uh that run for Oscar nine to one best price there. Uh, Thomas Derby is seven to two. Dead eight runners at the moment, so you're getting your three places. But do keep an eye on that on your on the odds checker app on Saturday in case one does come out. Andy,
1: yeah, I I, I love this race. If all like runners stay in, I'm I'm rubbing my hands that much. I'm probably almost going to light a fire because um, <laughs> um, I absolutely. I love races like this when you've got doubts about the front end of the market. Um, mm. they're, they're just cannon fodder for for, for someone like me. Um, yeah, we just really don't know what kind of Paisley Park's going to turn up. Clearly, at had his best, as he proved twice last season. He probably has the measure of this lot, but he's not getting any younger now, is he? And it's probably safe to say his best days are behind him. He's still going to run to a fair level, but <clears throat> whether he's going to be um, vying for stays Hurdle Glory is answer the question. And, of course, he was pulled up the last time we saw him. Um, I certainly can see um, John's angle on Thomas Dobby. He ran really well in that um, grey one race beyond tommy as he uh, said um, when we last saw him. So this looks the obvious starting point for him. Um, Run for Oscar, I can tell you quite a bit about him because I've, I've backed him on his last two runs when he won in Ireland. I put him up last time. Um, he is a proper so-and-so. If you don't know Run for Oscar, he's behind the bridle, um, a very... Um, a very tricky horse to know what's going on between his head, but when he engages top gear, he's pretty good. And the back end of that race when he won at listola he was never he was never going any better than at the finish. So staying's not a problem for him. It's just whether he's quite good enough. Um mm. he was okay against handicappers, but he can't afford to go to sleep against this kind of horse because he'll 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 drop himself out. Um so I think Jonathan Burke will have his hands full trying to keep his mind engaged. I'd imagine that Mr. Master Tommy Tucker will probably take these along. He's better known for his exploits, of course, over fences, but he's a genuine two-and-a-half-mile horse for me. So it's good that he's in the race, because he'll, he'll make sure that there's a pace. Um, so in a roundabout way, I've managed to come to the conclusion of, of uh, Indefatigable has been my bet here. Um, I think this is a good bit of placing by Paul Webber. He he's probably recognises that she's not a Grade 1 horse, uh, albeit she did run well in Grade 1 company last season. Her run at the Charnham Festival behind Black Tears and she only got beat four lengths that day against the likes of Constantista. It was an exceptionally good one. She certainly wasn't disgraced um, when she finished seventh behind Tire Mill and Thomas Derby in that race at Owntree. And she ran, ran, ran off that season with a good run at um, Sandown in a Grade two. But this being a, a, um, a Grade two contest because she didn't win last season, she she picks up all the allowances as a, as a mare, only carrying 10-7. And I, I've noticed that Paul Weber ran her on the flat the other day. I don't think he went in that fl- into that flat race the other day expecting her perhaps to win, albeit she was quite strong in the market. But the fact that she managed to beat a couple of race fit flat race maidens from the David Amara and um, Sir Michael Stable, respectively, was a massive feather in her cap. She stayed on very eye catchingly over a mile and a half. And I just think that was an exercise in blow away on the coppers like her indoors in the mm. in the previous race. So this is Taylor made for t- uh, Indefatigable. She's had a run, she stays well. Uh, flat left-handy track on 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 good to soft ground, or even if it went soft, it wouldn't be a problem. I think she's going to run a huge race. I, I, I'm amazed she's the price she is. So she'll do it for me each way.
0: Indefatigable thirteen to two best price at stands. Fair to say, neither Andy or John rushing to back Paisley Park. Paisley Park is short as thirteen to eight in the place, but best price nine to four. A lot of Paisley Park fans hoping that he'll bounce back to form, but the lads not too keen on that at the price. Uh the Charlie Hall, the Charlie Hall Chase, the uh 305 on the card next up. And we see another horse with a fair bit to prove after a disappointing back end to his campaign in um surname, and surname is the 6 to 5 favorite ahead of Sham Blue who's 9 to 2, Clondor Castle 11 to 2, Fusil Raffles 13 to 2, Katie's Light 11 to 1, Topfield Ben 18 to 1, Mighty Thunder 20 to 1. So Andy, you know, this is a there's a couple of horses with a bit to prove this weekend. We've spoken about Paisley Park. We're going to speak about Envoy Allen surname. Another one, unsurprisingly, given the time of year, Nichols, the trainer, pretty bullish in the press about surnames' chances on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I think he 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 likes to protect his own horses, doesn't he? Um, and if if he if he feels as though there's going to be mud thrown at a few of his inmates that have perhaps had a bad press, he, he's he he puffs his chest down. You know, we we don't want to be writing horses like Sir off two red delays. We did perhaps in this race last year when he went off three to one mm. before going on to win. I think everyone wanted to get against him, and um, you know, Conor Nichols was probably punching the end delight afterwards. But it, 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 just looking at the race at face value last year, I don't think it was a particularly strong Charlie Hall. Um, you know, with the greatest respect to the likes of Indication, I right, Keeper Hill and uh, and Ailing La Roy. It was mm. probably not the. The, the kind of race that we've had in a, in a bygone era. Um, and I think this race has got a bit more strength and depth in it this season, uh, particularly from two horses, one a, 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 um, a, a decent novice and another one who's, who's performed well through Grady Company as, as he's worked his way through the ranks. And the one I quite like is Sean Blue. Um, he goes incredibly well fresh. You have a look at his, his record um, when he's when he's had his first run of the season. He often performs sometimes to his very best. I think he was probably over the top when he ran below par on his back-end race last season at Aintree behind Chantry House. He'd had a lot of hard races, including the race at Cheltenham. But early on in the season, he was he was very good in disposing of small field novice races. He clocked some good numbers in victory. His best one when he beat the big uh, big gets, big breakaway Sorry at Kempton. And I think this race is tailor-made for him. We know he likes Wetherby. He's two for two at the track. Um, and I reckon, similar to like all mankind, Dan Skelton would have had this race as a number one priority. You know, he wouldn't even be looking in races at Cheltenham because it's probably not his bag. He's a flat track bully. Um, you know, he might be sort of on the on the cusp of maybe something like the King George, but I, I think this is this is his race. Grade three, first time out, Charlie Hall. You know, I, he won't leave any stone unturned. There's no way Dan will be thinking, oh yeah, there's another race further down that. This is his he's his Gold Cup. So, on that basis, I would sooner go with him than Sermaine, who obviously pulled up on his last two runs. He's done another wind up. This race is a tougher one. Um, and with Sean Blue's aggressive run style, you know, he's going to be taken off the lead. I'd certainly play you hands respect to Clondor Castle, who uh, obviously gave Clondor's Zabo plenty to think about in his final run last season. He's very much a horse going up on the upward curve. But I just think Blue's, Sean Blue's better than his current rating, and um, I think he'll prove that on Saturday.
0: Chamblou 92 best price as it stands seven runners again so just the two places sadly especially with surname mm. seemingly a vulnerable a vulnerable favourite at the prices. Uh, John do you agree with Shamblue? are you looking to get with surname or is there another at a bigger price so you're looking to back
2: um, I haven't had a bet on the race at all I just think surname is the likeliest winner I know he needs a bit of explaining now given the last couple of runs we've seen and if you look at the three of the last four runs it's actually blown out but He's got a good record fresh as well. I think this will have been the target for him. I think this will be the target for the pair of them, actually. Um, Surname blew out as well in the King George last year. So Mm. I think this is going to be his day as well. He's got a good record fresh. And I just think he's, if he turns up, you can't guarantee with him, but if he turns up pretty close to his best form, I just think he's better than these. Shan Blue, I think, is definitely the danger. Um, He was ridden very aggressively at Cheltenham. From some way from home in that day, and I think that told then at Aintree the hard race he had at the Cheltenham Festival meant that when he went to Aintree after that, I think that more than the, the distance or the class of the race uh, got him beaten that day. Beale had being freshened up, Yeah, the train has mentioned this week that this has been planned for quite a while, and yeah, he'll he'll be going up there absolutely uh, fine on all fronts on on Saturday. But I just think surname is is the the better horse and. You've always got to worry about him, but when he came into this race last year, everyone was worried about him going this way around. But he was pretty good when beating vindication. I actually don't know how good a race this is on Saturday. I think it's a quite a disappointing turnout. If you take mm. away the first three in the market, there's some good, yeah, there's some good horses in there, obviously, but I think it lacks a little bit of class among some of the others for a hundred grand race. Um, Mighty Thunderum, pretty sure they'll be having runs for further down the line. Looking at a national. Uh, Kitty's Light is an interesting contender. Um, if it doesn't, if there too much rain, I wouldn't be surprised if Kitty's Light surprised a few of these because had a, a run under his belt, which is a really good run. I thought of Chepster a few weeks ago, but I just think surname is the likeliest winner, and he'll probably get the job done.
0: Surname, so the likeliest winner, getting the job done. Hopefully for John, six to five the price. Shan Blue, the value for Andy at nine to two. We're going to take a break now. As I mentioned early in the podcast, I was lucky enough to speak to eight 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 Sport ambassador. Barry Geraghty, Uh, we spoke, we speak about the chances of surname Paisley Park and a couple of races we're gonna talk about over in Ireland too. Absolutely delighted to be joined by 88 Tate Sport Ambassador, Barry Geraghty. And and Barry, before we talk about another cracking weekend's racing ahead of us, let's look back over what we saw last weekend. And the jumps was back. We spoke about what we expected to see uh, at Cheltenham. Who caught your eye over the weekend?
3: Turn-time lucky was very impressive. Albeit he'd meet stronger opposition as the year goes on. But I thought um I thought I liked to move it, was really good in beating Tritonic. Now Titanic didn't jump brilliantly, but Titanic would have a big advantage on experience. Um but that experience didn't tell. I thought it was a really good performance by the winner. I would expect a lot of improvement by from Tritonic, who was given a good bit of weight, but I thought it was just an impressive performance for Horsham in the second run of Ireland
0: yeah, I like to move. It was flagged up by Andy Holding in the preview as well, and justified that uh, talk up for Nigel Twiston Davis. Uh, we'll look now ahead to the racing, um, both uh, this uh, the, the, over this side of the the Irish Sea and the other. Now, uh, I looked into Barry when you know before we speak after my research looked into um, your record at Weatherby before chatting to you. I'm taking a bit of risk here to see how you how you're going to take this, and one. Um, ride in particular pops up on on the search machine when you google it 2009 barry garrity after his thousandth winner riding my petra in the uh, in the Mares hurdle barry what happened
3: yeah i was uh, she was seven to four favorite i think was in the lead turning into the straight and there was a doll out to the right hand side to that i was meant to go around on the home turn. So I was concentrating on the rail, but forgot about this doll that was, for me it was out of the way to go around. But uh, yeah, so I went the inside and uh, had to pull up, got uh, like 10 or 12 days, I can't remember what, but she would have been my one thousand winner that day. <laughs> And I had to wait until Kempton a few days later, but it wasn't a thousand winner that was annoying me, but that was, yeah, that was a tough day, but whether it be, I've ridden winners in, but I can't say I've had any great success there over the years.
0: Interestingly, in the uh, article that I found, this it said not only was this just your second visit to Weatherby in five years, but you also, when you returned, on my Petra, you were greeted with boos by the uh, by the fans who'd come to watch. Is that true?
3: Oh, no, very true, very true. Um, <laughs> and seven to four favorites. If you backed her, you'd be fairly disappointed. So, um, not that I would ever justify booing. I would never boo myself at anyone in sport, but. If you had made an investment, you'd have been fairly disappointed to see this Irish fool going the run side of the market. So, um, yes, it was a, a once in my career um, experience.
0: Yeah, I bet one way to make yourself very popular with locals is to ride the wrong course on a on a, a, a fancied favourite. Um, but I guess that must have been pretty tricky for you looking for your thousandth winner. That's enough of, of looking down memory lane. that took look ahead to the weekend's action and the Charlie Hall in particular at Weatherby, where surname. you know, the highest rated chaser uh, at the moment, who won this well last season before disappointing runs in both the King George and then Alaska, Ascot pulled up twice, but Paul Nichols has been in pretty bullish mood on Surnames' chances here, saying this is the time, time of year where he really comes alive. Can you see that? I mean, are we, are we asking a lot to see Surname bounce back to that kind of form?
3: No, he generally, um, he's good early, he's good fresh, um, he beat Altior the previous year, um, he won this race last year. Now he beat Vindication who has good form, and has good form in Ascot, um, but would be questionable at the top level. Um, so I don't think it was a vintage renewal that he won last year. Um obviously we don't have the decks just at the minute for Saturday, but um Shan Blue was a horse. I think he was better than his Cheltenham run or his entry run. Um and I think he could good he could give Surname a little bit to think about if he turns up here, but he could easily go for the chase in Ascot by the handicap.
0: Yeah, I should say we are recording this on Wednesday afternoon, so we are uh, pre-final deck so apologies if any of this goes out of date before the time you're listening or watching this Uh, but we just with surname as well you know it's kind of taken as a given that this is the time the kind you know the time of year that surname comes alive and and Nichols have been very keen to say that what are the reasons for that in your opinion why should we expect surname who you know for those who backed surname at, at, at short prices uh in the spring We'll probably be looking at the you know, the favouritism, near enough even money to win this race, and be wondering how much of a leap of faith you have to make that a time of year is going to bring out that kind of turn in performance.
3: Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's one of the highest-rated horses in training and has been the highest-rated mm-hmm. horse in England for the last couple of years. But his form is questionable. For me, he's never really lived up to those expectations. He beat Altior, who was having his first run back the previous year, and he won this rest last year. He is good fresh, so he's good first time. But Paul would generally have his horses fit and ready to go on their first run. Um, so he, he would have a tendency to have him in good shape first time. But I think he's a horse who gets shown up then when he does meet stronger opposition. Um, this is a good race, but it's not a vintage race. I think if you were to compare this to the race in Down Royal on Saturday, there's no comparison in the strength. And I'd say if surname lined up in Down Royal, he'd really struggle there where he should win in Weatherby. We're going to
0: get to that race in Dan Royal in a second but before we do it's a bit of a theme across this weekend's racing big name horses highly rated horses who've won big races just coming back to action with a bit to prove and the same can be said for Paisley Park who also is running on Saturday at Weatherby after a couple of disappointing runs after that thrilling race against Time Hill at Ascot back in last December. Do you fancy Paisley Park to return to that level of form that we know he can produce?
3: You'd like to think so um Good ground and whether We could be a little bit sharp for him. I think he enjoyed the soft ground in Ascot, um, in the Long Walk. I think, and that was a brilliant race and one of the races of the season last year. Yeah. Um, but I, I would respect Paisley Park. He's a very good horse, and um, he has disappointed on occasions. But his form, he, he his form, it, it, it's at a very high level. And um, Thomas Derby at top might be next best. He's getting six pound on ratings. He's only one pound wrong. but he has to make a, another big step to get to. The level that Paisley Park is at, so he should take the beaten. And um, but as I say, good ground around Weatherby is a little bit sharp. That would be the only slight negative I'd have with
0: him. Yeah, Paisley Park two to one favourite at the moment. Eight 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 Sport, one of those firms offering that best price two to one. Over then we go to Down Royal and one horse with absolutely nothing to prove is Manella Rindo, who makes his return to action after Gold Cup glory back in March. How do you see the Champion Chase, the Irish Champion Chase, panning out this time around?
3: It's a brilliant race and um, you've rolled respect there as a dual winner, but he hasn't been seen in two years. And then you have Frodon, the King George winner. Um, Downoil as a track wouldn't be like Cheltenham. It would be a lot easier, which I think would play to Frodon's strengths. Mm. But the rain has come and it's it's officially yielding the soft. So it's just a better set of soft, which I think will make the difference for Manila Indo. Um, on better ground, maybe Frodon could have the pace to trouble him he's a real good stayer, Manilindo, and um, he proved that in the Gold Cup, and Frodo was 34 lengths behind him on that occasion, so Henry would generally have his horses pretty ready and pretty sharp first time, so I think uh, Menelindo is another one who will, uh, should take an awful lot of beating.
0: Yeah, you spent uh, the day with Henry de Bromhead in his yards uh, with 888 Sport recently. what um, how are the you know, I'm sure the, the connections are pretty happy with how Minello Rindo is doing at the moment. But were there any thoughts on how he would start his season? And then another interesting runner also for Henry de Bromhead uh, is Envoy Allen, who looks at the moment set to make his return to action, who's had a tricky couple of first starts uh, for Henry since leaving Gordon Elliott. Were there any kind of vibes you were getting from the yards on both Minello Rindo and on Envoy Allen?
3: No, they were very happy with both horses. Um I was with Milalindo for a good bit of the interview and he, he was <laughs> laid back, but that's his personality. But no, they're very happy with both hearts. Envy Allen has come back from his um, little injury and operation and they're very happy with him. I was speaking to Debbie Russell yesterday morning who schooled him and he was really happy and looking forward to getting back on him.
0: Yeah, All Allen alongside Paisley Park and Cerno. Many punters will be hoping bounce back to form and Man- Manetta Indo sure to be popular as well. Thank you very much, Barry, 888 uh, Sport Ambassador, for taking the time to speak to us today and we'll speak again next week.
3: Cheers, George. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much there to 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Geraghty for sharing his thoughts. A pleasure as always to speak to him and he'll be joining us throughout the podcast next week as well as we go through our horses to follow. I say ah, I will not be giving you any horses to follow. I'll leave that up to the experts but do make sure you set your calendars for that Be coming out back end of next week as we preview the rest of the National Hunt season. Over now to Down Royal where we'll be covering off the uh, champion chase, the Irish champion chase followed by the, the grade two afterwards as well where we see a, Envoy Allen's return. Um, start with the two fifty here, and Manila Indo is the five to six favourite ahead of Galvin and Frodon, who are both seven to two. Delta Work ten to one. Ravenhill fifty to one. Uh, and before we do get into the the market and and you know how you guys see the uh, races going, some kind of breaking news this morning on Thursday around the jockey bookings with Jack Kennedy having been booked for both Manila Indo and for Delta Work uh, for Davy Russell. Who everyone would have expected to, to ride Envoy Allen and Gordon Elliott has effectively come out today and said they they are his jockeys and therefore they will be riding his horses so Jack Kennedy will be riding Delta Work and we will see uh Davy Russell riding Vado Forte meaning that Rachel Blackmore will ride both Envoy Allen and um Manella Indo. Andy what do you make of this because you know we see it's uh, top top class horses. Normally, you know, the relationships between jockey and horse is so important. Bit of a surprise, therefore, to see those we'd expect to be riding the two odds-on favourites here dropped off in favour of of riding for a trainer who's, you know, certainly making a splash on his return to the sport.
1: Yeah, particularly as you would have thought the jockey bookings were almost in tablets of stone. Um, the arrangements probably would have taken place well well in advance. I mean, let's face it. Everyone knows that Galvin, Delta, and Manila Rindo, if you're the set of connections, would have been going for this race for months and months in advance. So all of a sudden, like, the decks are through and and now uh, Gordon Elliott's flexed his muscles and saying, well, I want, you know, my jockeys to ride my horses, which I suppose in, in some respects he's fully entitled to do so. But you thought there might have been a little bit more perhaps diplomacy along the way. Um, certainly don't think Manila Rindo, the horse itself, is going to be too affected by, you know, obviously Rachel Blackmore riding it and... and I think the only one who's going to be upset by the whole situation is Jack Kennedy, um, which is, you know, a little bit annoying considering he's told that perhaps that horse might, might be his ride for the rest of the season, having won the Gold Cup on him. Um, so, yeah, interesting little develop, developments, a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, kind of like niggle, a bit of bristling going on there. Bit between A uh, bit, bit of needle, yes, perhaps in, in amongst the ranks. Um, so, yeah, but, but the race itself, I mean, I think Manila Indo is, is the right favourite. He has to be, doesn't he? He's a Gold Cup winner. Mm. He was good first time out last year as well. So if you think, well, is he best fresh? You know, he, he had a hard race first time out at Wexford last year on heavy ground or soft ground, and he still came through. So, Pavoni's jumping holes up, and that's always been a little bit of his Achilles heel here, there, and everywhere. He was very good in the Gold Cup when he needed to be. But the time before, he was a bit hesitant. So, you know, it, it, it can happen. And at a short price, it, it just depends on what kind of mindset you are as a punter, whether you want to go in first time out, particularly up against a horse like Galvin, who's fit. You know, he's already proven himself um, so far this season, 17 days ago, when he won first time out pretty decisively. He's a good horse, Galvin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, he keeps going away going away in his, in his business steadily, slowly under the radar. You know, won the National Hunt chase, you know. We don't really know how, how good he can be, whether he'll make up into a Gold Cup horse or whether his connections say he's going to end up being a Grand National horse. Time will only tell. It's probably a race I won't have a bet in. I do like the other race we talked about at Weatherby, but this race makes no appeal from a betting perspective um, because I do like Manila Indo. It's not like I want to take on Cernam. I want to take on uh, Mm. Paisley Park because I think there's flaw holes in them. I don't really see a hole in Manila Indo. Um, So, unless John's got a strong opinion, I'd probably just say um, I'm going to watch this one from afar and the best horse win.
0: Interesting that you mentioned there. um, you know, you don't know what the target's going to be for galvin because in in his quotes to the media this morning uh, in justifying the the jockey um, know well, everything that's been going on with the jockey bookings. Gordon Elliott said, "Well, you know, Manila Rindo might have won the the Gold Cup last year, but Delta Works our Gold Cup also So hopefully Jack will be happy to ride him for that reason." Um, the discrepancy in prices five to six to ten to one might mean that's an optimistic thinking from, from Gordon. He just
1: doesn't, yeah, he just does not jump well enough at the top level for me. Delta Work. He's been around Cheltenham a few times now, and every time he's made mistakes. Um, yeah. So I mean, for me, like Gal- Galvins a far more reliable conveyance.
0: John, how do you see it?
2: Um I'll be with uh Frodo in this race, I think. Um mm. I think Lela Indo is the best horse in the race, Gold Cup winner, obviously, but this isn't going to be the bill and end all. I think he'll have a couple of big targets this year, and they'll be further down the line, back in the done in the spring. So um I think Frodo on this this and the early part of the season, the these. Smallish field races, up to half a dozen runners or so. You just know he's going to go from front. He's going to be jumping brilliantly under Brian E. Frost. I think Frodon is has been a bit underestimated in the market for this race. I think it's probably if they well, Froden was well beaten by Manila Indo in the Gold Cup last year. But I think going this way around, um, a smaller field this time of the season, where it's going to be more Frodon's plan than Manila Indo's plan. More Frodon's Cup final, if you like. Although it's not to say it's, it's his absolute target. It's probably going to be the King George of Boxing Day. Mm. I think he'll be far enough forward, I think, Frodon to to favour a bit of a scare at the prices. Uh, and just a discrepancy in the prices. I'm happy enough to be with Frodon. Galvin, yeah, could, could never under, underestimate Galvin. He just keeps, keeps getting better all the time. And you don't know how good he is, really. Uh, so I think he's an intriguing runner in a contest like this. This will tell us an awful lot about Galvin, about where he stands. And he's got the fitness advantage as well. Um, so I wouldn't be as surprised if, if he puts it up to them, but I'm just about in the Frodon camp for this particular race. Wouldn't be the case four months down the line, but it is for this race.
0: Frodon seven to two, as I said, and we heard Barry Garrity a second ago uh, giving a positive mention for Frodon as well. You know, Cheltenham over the you know the Gold Cup trip doesn't seem to suit, but anything shorter, you, you forget how top class Frodon can be. So Frodon there. Ah, uh, seven or two for John. The final race we're going to be previewing here is the three twenty five at Down Royal where envoy Allen returns. and Envoy Allens is three to one on Coco Beach, seven to one, vado forte fifteen to two, Ferry Hill run ten to one, one hundred and fifty to one and two hundred and fifty to one to one. the two outsiders of the pack echoes of family, and you know me too well. John, Envoy Allen three on, uh, a mm. horse that's failed to get round in his last two starts, but has all the ability in the world quite clearly. Um, things haven't really clicked since moving from Gordon Elliott's stable over to Henry de Bromhead's. Is that a worry? Can we pick holes in this three on shot?
2: Well, his first three runs over fences this time last year, or the first half of the season, were perfect. Jumped really, really well. He met every fence on a stride. He was really good. And then Cheltenham... Just, the fall, just a fall, just an obviously fall. It can happen, and then he was he, he finished lame uh, when we saw him after that, just over the Easter period. So it it looks a lot worse on paper with a, a P and an F next to his name than what it really is. Um, just at the prices though, I think it's three to one on against a horse in Vado who's got the run under his belt and was an absolute revelation at Limerick a few weeks ago. I thought he was mm. really good on this, this sort of trip as well. We knew him as a two-miler uh, for Tom Lacey over here, but uh, Gordon Elliot purged him, went up in trip with him and he just looked a, a more complete animal the other day. And um, Envoy Allen will be just getting this one back on track. His class will very, very probably pull him through. At fifteen to two, I, I can't let the other one go unbacked. On I uh, know we don't have the 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 eight runners, but we've got two places, which I think will be good enough for me anyway. So, two places about,
0: with with two three-figure prices as well.
2: Yeah, Fano 40 hundred forty. I'm happy enough with that one and say Envoy Island, a better horse, and he will be know that better as mm-hmm. the season goes on. But it's first day back for him. The other one, it's only about ten with the. With the weights on Saturday, Saturday, he's probably only about £10 to find. And he's got that fitness advantage as well. So if there's ever a time that Fadoforte is going to beat a horse like Envoy Allen, it's going to be this weekend. So at the prices, I'm happy enough to take a chance on him to do it.
0: Fadoforte, 15-2. to The value play there for John. Two places, six runners. Two of them, though. Very, very big price indeed. Uh, Andy, I'm... Pretty confident that you're not going to sit here and tell us that Envoy Allen is a is a bed at three on. <laughs> <No>. But <laughs> can you pick holes? Can you see a way to to get against him, or is it a case of sitting back and enjoying and hoping for a return to form?
1: I just got to hope that um, Envoy Allen doesn't go the same way as Sam Crow, who mm. um, you know was a top class um, novice hurdler. Actually, I think he won the same race, didn't he, as, as um, Envoy Allen did the the, um, the Ballymore, and um, and then had a Patchy record over fences until sort of like his temperament got the better of him. I just didn't think he really looked as though he fancied the game after a little while. And that's because I just hope that they can get keep the wheels back on with Envoy Allen. I think it was one or two little circumstances here, then everywhere rather than his mind going um, that um, prevented him from getting round on his last two starts. And you know, this is a good starting point for him. The opposition does not particularly strong. If he's anywhere near his best, he, he should win at a cakewalk. Um, I think John Zile uh, highlighted the, the one I'd probably bet without the favourite if I was going to have a bet in the race, uh, Vado 40, because as John's already touched upon, he, he he comes off the back of a convincing win first time out. It's a little bit fragmented that race got towards the back end of the race. Uh, the horse of uh, Willie Mullins went lane at the top of the hill at Limerick and his main market rival, January Jets, didn't quite see the race out. But look, he could only beat what was in front of him. The time figure was pretty good. I think Coco beats once further, doesn't he? I think that probably might be gearing him up for something like the, the Troy Town. Um, that kind of race, three miles round Navan, off close to top weight with perhaps um, um, Shane Fitzgerald taking five off for for something. You know, for, for Gigginstown, that, that that seems to be a policy that they're using. Laid, I think he'll he'll be tailor made for a race like that, but I can't see him being effective two and a half miles round here on goodish ground against Envoy Allen. So that uh, probably means that Vardar 40 will just have too much for him and Chase. I'm the favourite. That's the way I'd see it.
0: Vardar 40, the most likely, let's say, to uh, to be Envoy Allen. Um, but uh, it's going to be fascinating either way, if not as a punting heat. Certainly be interesting to see how Envoy Allen does get on. That brings us to an end of this preview of the weekend's racing. Thank you very much to both of our guests for their insight today. And thank you very much once again to 888 Sport for sponsoring this podcast and for allowing Barry Garrity, their ambassador, to join us for a chat. He'll be back with us next week. We'll be back next week with the Horses to Follow podcast. So please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or subscribe to the podcast on any podcast uh, platform as well do download the odds checker app for the best prices bookie offers free bets and the best tips is in the game including andy holding himself thank you very much for listening enjoy the racing and please gamble responsibly